I'm doing a bit of language evolution at the moment, so I'm trying to change guys into folks. Cool. Um, because I grew up not understanding, like it was, it was a unisex word yeah. the way I used it. Yeah, I'm um, trying to do that too. It's it's, it's hard for and, me. And I'm, I'm, to- I'm totally like I realised the other day I was doing a conversation with Meg, John, and Justin. You know the the, uh, the sex educators. I, I I made the oh I'm using this in a in a kind of all genders way, yeah. and then and then I was like. Hang on, why am I actually using it? Yeah, oh, I'm just using it because I because I feel uncomfortable saying folks because it, <laughs> it sounds wrong in an English accent. Yeah, yeah. that's a rubbish reason. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. right, that's a rubbish reason. Yeah, yeah. well, there's, there's so much because I'm, I'm trying to do it as well, but like. There's some like I call everybody dude, including my mom, and I'm like, right. okay, maybe I can't call everybody dude, but <laughs> to I me, call, dude I, is like everybody. I call dude a lot. Yeah, people yeah. dude like yeah, people, all people, yeah. dude. Mm. Um, but again, yeah, it's complicated, mm. and like it is complicated because because MJ said like they feel kind of validated by yeah. that word, mm. yeah, because you know they are going towards a masculine yeah. uh, idea in in their identity, and mm. so that makes it even more complicated. Like, yeah. It, well, gender's complicated. We haven't, gender even, is complicated. We haven't even li- li- <laughs> we haven't literally we haven't even started the podcast properly. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. So today we're getting better acquainted with CJ and Ali. Hello, CJ and Ali. Hi, Dave. Hello. And it's it's always weird this bit, but it's even more weird this time because we've we've like had a quite a deep, weird, <laughs> weirdly deep start to the conversation on mic. Normally, I'm like, it's weird because we've been talking off mic, but we've been talking on mic as well. Uh, but welcome. I, I say welcome like I'm not in uh, CJ's flat, uh, and I am. And yes. thank you for having me. It's okay. Uh, and yeah. We're recording on a table, yes. and we're sitting on the floor, apart from you, CJ. I'm sitting on a stool, because yeah. my back hurts. That's fine. I'm not, like, judging you, <laughs> incidentally. The first question that I ask everybody is, how do you know me? You uh, go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like the story might be remarkably similar for both of us. Well, exactly the same. Even. <laughs> yeah. I know you just through podcast community. Yep. I suppose. Yeah, that's where I know you from too. That's right. I mean, the podcast support group. Yeah. A podcasters support group. Yeah. Uh, we're all members of, and that's a very supportive community, and I would recommend it to anybody who's interested in podcasting. Set up by Helen Zoltzman, which makes it super cool. I mean, it, like, <laughs> it's I, Helen super cool. Well, I am, like, it's weird to say, and I, I find it, I'm still uncomfortable saying it, but I am friends with Helen now. <laughs> um, I, like, I still, like, the, the, the time when you check, like, I, it got to a point where my partner was like, look, you've got to stop, like, <laughs> like, like equivocating around it. It sounds like you don't want to be heard from. You know? like, so, yeah, we're, we're friends. But what I think is great about that group is, you know, somebody will come on and they'll be like a, a little baby podcaster. They've never even like yeah. re- held a recorder before, and they'll 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 ask their question. I don't mean this in a patronising way. I really I've been there and I support those people, but they'll they'll write their uh, question and then Helen Zolzman will like swoop in and answer it. And it was... about, like it's like a, a really small <laughs> trivial question about a microphone, and she'll be like properly address it. And that's that was, where that was me. <laughs> no, I don't. Think, I don't think I was we... like, I'd be like Ali. Helen Dolzman's commenting on your thing. <laughs> yeah. You better go check it right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I actually think that's 
That's really great. Like, I really like being in a space where I get to see that regularly. (laughs) Like, the thing Helen does that's most impressive is never seem to lose patience with answering the same questions. Not that there's anything wrong, because I can obviously like people join the group and like ask the same questions people have asked, which is exactly what you would expect to happen. Mm -hmm. But Helen's friendly supportiveness in how she answers a question that you've seen her answer like 1,000 times is, to me, the most impressive thing. Yeah, (laughs) because I've been on groups where they'd just be like, search the group. People always ask that question. Yeah. Use the search function. No one's ever, like, mean about it. Even if they do say to use the search function, they're never like, you idiot! (laughs) (laughs) Right. She's kind of set the tone and, Mm. like, everybody else follows that and that's really nice too. Like, everybody is supportive. It is actually a support group. Yeah. And that has not been my experience of any uh, Facebook group or online online forum. I mean... there still comes a time, who knows? Like, we may not have got there yet. There is always the, the kind of, yeah, this is brilliant. Oh, no, it's the worst. <laughs> uh, we've not, but that but that group has not yet got there. And I feel like Helen will, if it does get there, we'll just pull the plug straight away. So, that, yeah. like, I'm not worried uh, too much about that space. And it's quite refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Like, in my feeds, it's like, when am I like, oh, that's a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> nice, friendly, warm place. Right. But we met in person at the British Podcast Awards. Yeah. Yes. Like that was we were, the first place we actually met yeah. in person, I think. Yeah. Right, right, right. And yeah, I and that was a kind of strange kind of. I felt very strange that night because I was up for an award, which I, I feel I'm not uncomplicated about awards. <laughs> uh, it has to be said. And like we were all, st- all the podcasters had to stand. This is something. You know, my, <laughs> my friend organised the the awards, so I'm certainly not criticising them. <laughs> like the awards were good, but it was kind of strange that. The podcasters were all stood awkwardly, yeah. like any podcaster is awkward. That's like standard, <laughs> and and the, like the the actual industry people all had tables. I know like, it was. But, yeah, it was so was strange. There was people seated, wasn't there? Yeah, I really wanted to sit down on the floor, but I just didn't have the guts. I, I thought I was going to do it. I was going to do it, but like I just didn't. I didn't thought they work. did a good job of making the actual awards really fast yeah because yeah. it's like obviously it's the whole point of the event and it's important and people winning an award should like get their moment yeah. but also it was entirely the right thing to do to be like it's going to take one hour everyone has to just like hurry up and get their award because especially because people are standing and also it's just yeah. like you just don't want to watch two hours worth of <laughs> yeah, right. awards right. so I thought they did that really well no definitely so yeah we met there in that room mm-hmm. and that was kind of like I, I, like, I remember like, I felt really awkward, but then I think it was you, CJ, said something along the lines of, like, I can't remember what it was about, but, like, I was being awkward, and then you said, like, these are my people. And I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank, thank God. Like, you know, I don't, I, I, I am awkward with yeah. other people. That's my favourite thing to be. <laughs> so that was great. Well, yeah, I, I, I really like that I've discovered the world of podcasting because it feels like just like a whole bunch of really awkward but lovely people <laughs> like in a room but like not specifically in a room to be with each other because that's too awkward but we have like another thing that we do <laughs> that we can talk about and I'm like this is great how come everyone who does podcasts is so like lovely well 
awkward. I think everybody that does podcasts is probably lovely, uh, although not everybody, then of again, course, because there will exactly be some, <laughs> there will be some exceptions, absolutely. But one of the things I remember from that podcast award was how surprised I was when the like Ultimate Fighting podcast won. And, and like, <laughs> oh, it was yeah. like everyone in the room was like an introvert, and then suddenly yeah. the, the Ultimate Fighting podcast guys won, and they were like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and they're like running around, and I loved it. Like I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm sure they're lovely people too because they're, they're just differently lovely yeah. than, than, yeah. than the more introverted people and so like that was a nice reminder that you know uh, jocks make podcasts <laughs> it's, true, yeah. it's true but yeah we were wearing matching bow ties that day it was great yeah. I was very happy about the fact that we were wearing matching bow ties yeah it was mm. it was dapper we were getting ready here and I had the bow that was my only bow tie option I think yeah and then CJ was like Hmm, I've got this. Should I? And I was like, uh, yeah, obviously. Right. We're literally not going if you don't wear the same bow tie as me. Right. Because, you know, you make a podcast together, so it's even more, like, fitting for you to exactly. kind of brand yourselves together. It's good when, like, like branding comes from, like, accident or, like, pers- like personal life rather than, like, oh, it, it works, but I don't have to feel bad that I thought of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Mm. I'm going to ask a f- another question before the second question, which is how do you two know each other? Oh, God, how do we know each other? Well, we just know each other through the fact of every queer person knowing <laughs> every queer person. Every queer person does know every <laughs> no, other queer person. We met, I think we just had mutual through, friends. Yeah. And then... I feel like we met through Steph, maybe. No? Maybe, yeah, my partner Steph, maybe. We, we definitely had like mutual friends. Mm. And then I reckon... Just like one of us added the other one on Facebook. Yeah, I we feel like, like Ollie probably added me on Facebook, but I can't remember a specific time of not having Ollie on Facebook. I just remember thinking, this person's a very nice person who like messages me, even though sometimes I get too anxious to reply for like five months, <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't seem to care. And that's nice. Yeah, we yeah. had like a Facebook friendship. Well, we had met in real life yeah. really briefly, but we were friends on Facebook and we just used to like sometimes message each other mm-hmm. and sort of keep in touch. And then, and then you moved to London. I moved to London, and so then when I moved here, we met up and commenced our real life friendship. Yeah, which is funny because I feel like quite early on in us hanging out in real life, we like came up came up with the idea for the podcast. Yeah, and I was just like, "This is great because it means that I have an excuse to hang out with Ollie without <laughs> being too awkward to ask, like, hey, can we hang out?'" Yeah, <laughs> so, it's good. Yeah, it, yeah, it gives us like not like it gives us a reason to hang out, but it, like it gives us like an impetus to meet up. Yeah. like regularly and do a thing it's fun just like making a thing together with your friends and now well. you're my actual friend yeah we're like real life friends birdies <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not just for the podcast right <laughs> I mean that, that's I think it's I mean I can I, I list, I've listened to your podcast and I think it's a really great way of making friends like that kind of a podcast but not to say that it's just about the friendship because it's mm. a great podcast I really enjoyed it I have it well we'll get to that I have issues. I have issues with Harry Potter, but we'll get. (laughs) But I don't have issues with your podcast, which is good. As long as the issues aren't spoilerific, Uh, that's okay. Okay. Don't worry, they're not spoilers. I want our podcast to be a safe space for all different feelings people have about Harry Potter. There's no compulsory loving Harry Potter required. Trying to make it as unlike whatever the word is that means patriotic, but for Harry Potter. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, I I, I probably will listen to like m- more episodes of it, which is like which is not to say that like when I, when I commuted, when I had like a, a day job and like had time to listen to stuff, I mm. would have 
listen to all of it like straight <laughs> away um but now i have to be a bit more selective in when yeah. i choose to listen but the, but but that's okay because one day i'll binge you but the fact that it's about harry potter and i still want to listen to more episodes is a real real compliment <laughs> yes. um uh, so yeah like so and what's that show what is the name of the show we should say since you've kind of mentioned it so many times yeah uh the name of our podcast is the boy who hasn't lived and why is that the name of your podcast? <laughs> yeah, Ari, why is that the name of the podcast? Well, the premise of the podcast is CJ was banned from reading Harry Potter for religious reasons as a yeah. kid. So the podcast is about CJ reading the books for the first time. Like a we, rebel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just breaking free. Like, <laughs> um, so we read like a few chapters at a time and then we meet up and talk about it. And the kind of idea is that if you're someone that loves Harry Potter and like grew up with it, you can hear CJ going through it kind of chronologically a few mm. chapters at a time and like remember what it actually felt like to not know everything and to remember what it felt like to read it the first time when you didn't actually know all of the story. Yeah, and um, and it's funny because, well, the first... Is it the first chapter of the first book is called The Boy Who Lived? Yeah, that's right. And, um, so... and I... Which... It's funny for me because I didn't know that, obviously, when I first started the podcast. So Ali suggested the name and I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you think people will get it, then that's cool. <laughs> but I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. Right. But now I get it, obviously, because I've read it. I've read the first book. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I mean, and so, yeah, before we get into Harry Potter, <laughs> um, the second question that I ask everybody is, what do you do now? So, uh, CJ, you should start this time, because I think you, you okay. really started last time. I did make up. <laughs> we take turns with uh, everything. In my day job, I'm a train operator on the underground, but um, I've actually, I'm actually part-time now because it was uh, taking all of my time, and I miss doing other stuff like volunteering. For I volunteer for a couple of um, trans youth groups and other youth groups. I basically, people ask me to do things and I say yes <laughs> when I have the time. Um, so I do a whole bunch of stuff right now. But my day job is, a, I'm a train operator. My day job is I work in digital marketing for like a small agency in London. Um, and I'm also about to like have quite a big change, which is I'm going back to uni to do a master's in radio so that Ooh. hopefully I can do more podcasts and stuff like that right so i'm about four weeks away from going part-time and doing a full-time master's which nice. i'm really really excited about so, yeah. yeah that is exciting yeah it's interesting because i feel like um i feel like my idea of being a grown-up uh like when i was younger is you have to work all the time because that's what grown-ups do and you don't have to like it but it's something you have to do and like actually going part-time feels like the most grown-up decisions that decision like i've ever made to like <laughs> be like you know what it's okay for me yeah. to like take a pay cut in order to right. actually have a life enjoy your life yeah, yeah. right yeah. no i can i can see that like yeah. i i was full-time once then i was part-time that was sweet now I'm freelance. Not so sweet. <laughs> Turns out, part-time, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. Right, that's the sweet spot. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been any kind of freelance, and I always hear people talking about it, and I'm like, maybe I should know more about what being freelance means. Well, that's the I thing, don't. though. It means a lot of things. Yeah. Like, everyone talks about it like it means one thing. It yeah. does not. It really <laughs> doesn't. Like, it really doesn't. Like, some people who are freelance are like having the best life ever. That's mm. one of the reasons I became a freelancer because I'd heard about ah. their lives. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's not the case for everybody being freelance. Some people, it's just barely making rent and being stressed all the time. That's mm. that's my life. Yay. Is it just where you, like, you 
work when you have work to do yeah so you, okay. you, you work with clients or whatever so you go out you might go out and get it or they might come to you mm-hmm. that would be the ideal it's not how it works necessarily <laughs> actually that's that's not true most of the work I get is through some, some people coming to me but not enough people come to me so mm-hmm. I spend a lot yeah. of time reaching out to people and being ignored right and that's what a lot of freelance can be and it just depends on what it is like if it's a service that like you could be a, mm-hmm. a freelance masseuse or whatever, and that would be kind of great, I think. Like, yeah. But you'd get steady work. Yeah. People are less interested in freelance storytellers. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 tricky, but it depends what you have got to sell, basically okay. how well you'll do, and then there's luck on top of that. Yeah. And often it's going to be hustling anyway, and and also we're moving towards like a, an economy that's got more freelance in it, mm-hmm. and that makes it worse to be a freelancer than it used to be because apps. Well, yeah, and we're just in, <laughs> industry's not around, right? So everybody's got to find other ways to do it, and all of this stuff is I don't know. And anyway, who knows if we'll actually move there? I'm just talking about I read a couple of articles. I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm not saying it's actually happening. Mm. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of big companies that are trying to sort of like make it a thing that their workers don't have proper contracts right, and make right, want right, people right. to basically act like freelancers but companies that should just employ them as permanent yeah. staff members oh but they don't want to give them any zero of the hours through the back door exactly. yeah, so, yeah. You, zero hour contracts for the middle classes yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically yes. it's how it is for sure so harry potter Ali, <laughs> you you read harry potter when you were young yeah i was the perfect age where I was 11 when the first book came out, Sweet. when the characters were 11, and then the books came out through my teenage years, right. culminating in the last book when I was 18. See, I had that experience with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, uh, yeah. Which I also wasn't allowed to watch. See, right. you haven't seen that either. Podcast <laughs> alert! <laughs> you can spoil that, though. You fine. should see that. Uh, I can't spoil it. That would... Like, like, how can you spur something you love? I mean, I'm not saying that you know there aren't things uh, about its creator that I've got some problems with at the moment. But that said, well, I, I actually feel like that about Harry Potter too. Yeah, I'm really interested to find out why why you. Yeah, tell us about your feelings. Okay, so the the, the the main reason I don't like Harry Potter is because Harry Potter is a jock, but pretending to be not a jock. <laughs> like he, he's yeah. in the sports team. He's not actually that. He's not that academically gifted he just has the right family Mm. right he goes to an elite boarding school let's be honest like i know yeah it's for it's for magic people but it's a boarding school for elite people it's a very small school so it can't possibly have all of the wizard and witch children in it i never thought about that that's probably true but 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 also regardless of that like what about the muggles like you know everyday people uh are are magic too in our own ways (laughs) and uh, like why why aren't we in the same schools together why, why, you know, there is some arguments for special schools in some cir- circumstances. I'm not saying there isn't, but I don't, I don't really like the kind of boarding school element to it. Yeah, he had a, he has a bad home life, but it's not a real bad home life. It's not like actually my <laughs> home life when I had a bad home life. So it's, it's, it's so like it's more of an idea of a bad home life mm. that we're kind of that's mm. painted. So I don't feel like where like I sort of feel like where's his pain? Like where's his pain? He's got mm. all this suffering, but like where's it actually come from? He hasn't, you know, he's you know he's a he's a cis white middle middle. Well, it's complicated his class, but middle class I'd say mm. at least. He has got a lot of money in a vault. <laughs> right. oh, in the, yeah it's true he has right. no money I mean 
He can buy all the chocolate from. Yeah, he's you know it's it's, it's like a historical kind of uh, story about a, a king that loses their crown and then has to get it back or whatever. You kind of root for them a bit, but you're kind of like no, abolish the idea of crowns, and like that's kind of like yeah. So so that's the main the main thrust of what winds me up about it. Also, it's I find whilst I understand for many people it was like wow 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 this is all amazing for me it was very derivative of lots of other things I'd read before yeah. mm. so it was like you know there's a bit of the worst witch in here there's a bit of like um, there's like the uh, Charlie Bone books by Jenny Nimmo I think they came out after but they're maybe better my, my partner thinks they're better but there's a lot of kind of <laughs> kind of things around. and you know I, I was into the Lord of the Rings when I was young yeah. I was into again lots of problems with that as, a, <laughs> as an adult so yeah like so I found it quite derivative and kind of hate Harry Potter because <laughs> he has everything I well, think this, sorry, sorry. Girl. I was just going to say pretty much everything anyone says about Harry Potter like reasons that it isn't good basically all of those things are true <laughs> but yeah, I still love it <laughs> but that's fine yeah and I've got things Harry, po- Harry Potter's your problematic fave <laughs> exactly well, well, uh, well, you know all our fa- faves are problematic yeah, so that's okay <laughs> like that's okay well it's inter- it's inter- it's an interesting perspective that I hadn't um, thought of yet even on our podcast is that like I wasn't just like I, I wasn't not allowed to just read Harry Potter like it was all things to do with like witches and Halloween right. and, and like vampires and right, stuff right. so like something I hadn't thought of before is that like I don't know of anything that it's like because I also wouldn't have read those right. things mm-hmm. so to me this is almost like a whole new genre right so it's interesting so like it's new as well to me in that in that in that perspective but that's and that will have been the case for Ali like mm. like I love uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer as I've said I went to uni when when Buffy went to uni like mm. so it was a yeah. I grew up with her but that's a massively derivative show yeah like really? yeah like, well, in a good way like it's like the way that postmodern things are derivative they right. take from all yeah. of these things yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that it's not got loads of originality in it and probably Harry Potter does too if, yeah. if I was to give it its fair due um, which I'm not going to so <laughs> yeah rip on it but but <laughs> But like that's it, I guess it's it's for me that was new, and for mm. you that was mm. new, for, for, and for you that's new too. So yeah. that's good, yeah. and that's interesting that you have got that first timer experience because of that general kind of not having access to a whole range of things. Yeah, that's kind of kept you good for this. It's great for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> great for the podcast. Great yeah. for the podcast that you want to make. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's worth it. That's how I always feel about the things that have happened to me in my life. Oh, great. Like, yeah. I get to make stuff about it. How great. No, well, you, you know, know, what else are you going to do with it, right? <laughs> that's true. And it is good. It is good to make stuff about the stuff that's happened to you, but it's also not necessarily always the, pri- like the prize that people present it as, where they're like, mm, yeah. write about it. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I prefer it not to have happened, but all yeah. right. Like, did it happen to you? No. So why are you telling me to write about it? Anyway. <laughs> so, like, yeah. And, and then, then there's, you know, J.K. Rowling as a person. Yeah, I've had to unfollow her on Twitter. Just <laughs> here. Yeah, wow. it's just, you don't, like... That's Dawkins' level of, kind of, existence. Like, <laughs> You know you failed when everybody's when everybody yeah. who loves you is unfollowing you. I still always care for JK, and she does do like 
and say lots of good things. Yeah. She, does. she does come up with some absolute corkers of bad things. I mean, she does do <laughs> she does do some great things. That yeah. is true. Yeah. It's, I always try to remember that. Like for as much as I can't stand anything she's ever said about Israel Palestine, um, <laughs> I uh, I have to remember that she also massively supported the Good Immigrant, which uh, was a book that many people I know some of the people who've written in it, and it's a really important book. And without J.K. Rowling on its front cover or whatever, like mm. the quote yeah. from her. It may not have got as mm. much reach, and so it's really important oh, that, that she yeah. did that. Oh, it's great! I'm going to see. I re- make a note. I recommend it. Um, I bought that on Audible, but <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, cool! I think. I wonder if they've all done the different chapters because it's, it's a collection. Oh, that'd be it's like cool. a state of the nation piece of like like lots of different people who are immigrants or who might be called mm. immigrants, not necessarily immigrants. I think, but like talking about what their sort of perspective is. So it's a compilation of lots of different writers, like comedians, actors. Yeah. Riz Ahmed the piece in it. Like cool. it's really cool. He's not the guy I know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the most famous one um, so she's had some influence there that was good she used her privilege mm. for good there. Mm. and she didn't yeah. come exactly from privilege I also recognise that yeah. but she is massively rich she is just one of those people who it. does yeah like 50% good stuff 50% really annoying stupid stuff Yeah, but I think it's that weird thing as well where <laughs> Now we live in this age where you like know everything about right. like yeah. your well, she's not my favourite author, but she's written this book series mm. that is like extremely important to me. And like it's like we know everything now about everyone. <laughs> right. And so like right. we know that people are dickheads that we wouldn't have known before. Right. Like imagine if J.R. Tolkien had Twitter. I mean, he was really problematic. He would have written some corpus too. He definitely would have (laughs) done. I I don't know anything about anybody. I have no desire to defend JK for any of the stupid things she does and says. But it is that weird thing where it's like you can't get away from like knowing it. You can't just like have her on a pedestal. Yeah, sometimes, like, sometimes she wrote this book and she's amazing. You have so, to actually see the stupid things she thinks. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it makes me sad that I know all these things about my favorite people. I'm like, yeah. I just want to love yeah. them like without knowing things. Yeah, yeah. it does. Shia LaBeouf. But I, <laughs> stop being an ass. I love you. I know, but the, the, the thing about that is though, I I know what you mean. I also feel that way quite often. But I also think, in a way, ultimately, maybe it's good for us to know that it the is. world's much more complicated, people, and yeah. people are like people, and there's no heroes, and everything's yes. problematic. It's good if I you think know. about it like an adult person, <laughs> but then <laughs> child CJ takes that, over, yeah. and I'm like, la la la, Santa Claus is real and perfect, la la la. Which, right. of course, he is. What did we you all. find out about Santa Claus? We don't need to talk about that right now. <laughs> 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 like, I wish yeah. I didn't have to see him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would that would really up. That would really ruin it for Santa Claus kids, kids, Santa kids across the world. Yeah. Santa Claus yeah. gets on Twitter drunk. No. You don't, you don't want to know how he's really deciding who's good and who's bad. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, just the fact that he's deciding that exactly. already is questionable. Already I'm, like, smelling a problem. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be problematic. We know it. <laughs> I mean, always be my fave. But, that's, but, but, but that, I think that's an important thing. I think it's important to know our, our faves are problematic, but find a way of having both those things inside us. Totally, yeah. I don't want to lose the things that I got from the things that I love that were made by people I disagree with about exactly. things. I mean, and I think... I actually feel like, as much as I hate, I mean, I'm actually annoyed with myself for saying this sentence. I think that, you know, kind of Harry Potter and Buffy the Vampire Slayer in some ways are quite similar in, in many ways, and in, certainly in, in the 
in the in the case of their creators being problematic mm. half the time and half the time not like it's yeah. it's a it's a super complicated thing like mm. I'm not necessarily getting into the current stuff about Joss Whedon but certainly back before all of that like he was half the time problematic like before anything else came out yeah so yeah like I I I I know how it feels I I I never followed him in the first place because I I, I had that <laughs> yeah. suspicion just like, I, don't I was like, to, like I don't I don't have to follow this. him on Twitter yeah. I mean I didn't know I followed him for a week or something and I was like yeah. he's not entertaining enough and luckily I got I got like right I out of there before he said some stuff yeah and then I was just like you're adding nothing to my life <clears> to Sweden so I unfollowed him I think I don't know if I know who that is I think the danger <laughs> I think the thing is as well when they become successful they get I think when you become successful you often get stuck mm. at where you are when you got successful mm. so I feel like there's things like I get annoyed like JK Rowling or Joss Whedon haven't researched no, now like how why are they finding out all the stuff I'm finding out mm. and it's because no one's telling them no they're mm. just like in castles totally. being, being to everything like that's the best script ever that's the best book ever like yeah and so they're not learning anymore but they when they were young they learned and that's what came into their work initially mm. yeah. I mean I'm saying this like I'm feeling like I say complicated about bigging up like, <laughs> uh, Harry Potter well, but, but that said <laughs> like I know so many so many people that, that those books have touched. I'm not mm. going to like completely <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like the thing about because I was listening to the longest shortest time today, which is a parenting podcast. But I'm a nerd. It's a um, great podcast. I used great to listen podcast. to it back in the day. I haven't listened to it recently. I know it's come back. Yeah, it's great. And um, someone on it today was uh, they were they were doing a series on um, white people talking about race, um, which I found really interesting because they were saying, I mean, they've had loads of episodes where they've had, like, people of colour on talking about race, and they had, uh, but now they're saying, like, you know, also, we need to encourage white people to also talk more about race, and, like, not, like, like, making mistakes is something that will happen, but you shouldn't be so scared to say the wrong thing, that you just don't talk about it at all. And someone on there was saying, like, you know, there's this giant fear of, like, saying the wrong thing, but, like, you will say the wrong thing, but what's more important are your actions than, than the things that you've, than every thing that you've said in life. Yeah. And I've kind of taken that approach because I've found it kind of hard to do with the whole, my favourite celebrities are perfect, but oh no, now they're terrible. <laughs> like, I feel like there's no in between. And um, yeah. I'm trying to find an in between in, like, in, in a way that's like complicated because you don't actually know these people at all. You know what right. you see about them on the media. And so, for instance, like, okay, like, I'm going to take like, a really popular example, like, Justin Bieber. I was never a huge fan, I was never a fan of Justin Bieber. But, then again, like, I think, he's a child. <laughs> like, he's a little child. Yeah. When I was yeah, that yeah, age, yeah. I said sure. ridiculous, stupid things, and yeah, I didn't yeah. have any, anyone, everyone kind of hanging on my word. And then another example is, like, um, Dan Savage, who's not a child, um, no. and has been incredibly problematic in the Certainly. past. But then again, when I, but then when I listen, and, and not particularly openly apologetic about it either, no. which is something that I feel like is expected of you. But when it's I listen true. to him now, I think what I, what I find is good, well commendable maybe about him is that like some of the things that he you know was heavily slammed for in the past he seems to have complete he seems to have learned from now yeah, in, yeah, in ways that like he's not being overly you know he he isn't like apologizing for every second he's just absorbed it and moved on and there are things that he still you know needs to learn but yeah. I feel like I can see that he's learning on some things so I have hope that he will learn on other things yeah, and, yeah. and yeah and I I, I think I think Ah, I'm not saying my no, words properly. You're, I think but, you're saying it very eloquently. Okay, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I feel like with celebrities, because I don't know them, it's okay for me to call them out on things because I would like to 
hope that they have friends that would call them in on things and yeah. say, sit down, I need to talk to you about something. I know you don't mean this. But it's not my responsibility to do that because I don't know them. So I can say, hey, you said this publicly. That was really bad. I could yeah. call them out publicly. Whereas with my friends, I feel like it's my job to do the sitting down and saying... Call like, them in. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, yeah. I do kind of have different standards for celebrities and friends, but I kind of still see... But then you have people. a different level of influence on your friends than it's you true. do on celebrities. Yeah. And so like it's harder to actually get through to a celebrity. Yeah. And when we're, when people are calling out celebrities, often, partly, they're not really talking to the celebrity. They're no. talking yeah. to a wider group of people. Yeah. And it's important in that respect. Like, it's important to to signify that we don't agree with the problematic yeah. Yeah. Uh, attitudes of our favourite people. And also, but also, like, when, when it's something like Harry Potter... Or, or Buffy, we're reacting to the work of art too, right? Yeah. Mm. And then we're seeing in it, you know, we're putting ourselves into what we see. So, like, it's a very personal betrayal, it can feel like, uh-huh. because people are like, mm. I've, I've invested myself in this. Yeah. And then the person who's making it turns out to be a dick. So does that mean <laughs> I'm a dick? Or does that mean I saw it wrong? Right. Does that mean my past was a lie? And does that mean I, don't, I now have to, like, disown this part of what I've made my identity? Right. Because, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where it gets to with that kind of stuff. We don't know celebrities, but that's part of the art they're making is yeah. themselves. Like, it's perfectly... And, and certainly, someone like Dan Savage, it's perfectly legitimate to call out because yeah. he will call out, out people. Yes. Like, that's a perfectly legitimate that's thing. That's <laughs> I mean, but also, it's like, we have to kind of... What I often feel like is what would be great is if people could learn to deal with being called out better. Yes. Like, I, I do think there is something within culture that is problematic in itself where people want to rip other people to shreds for very small things Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong but also it'd be great if people could just sit yeah and go what did they say did they have any truth like especially if you're super famous with loads of power yeah yeah. Like that's what really saddens me when people who are super famous with loads of power don't listen at all to mild critique. Yeah. And like well, I mean like I don't know like I feel like I only know things about celebrities that I've seen on TV and so I have no idea yeah. what it, what it is like yeah. to be super famous. And so I think I have this idea that they are surrounded by like advisors and PR people who are telling them what to do all the time. And like realistically that's probably not the case cuz I can't, on one hand I'm like yeah somebody needs to tell them to just shut up and listen and like absorb things. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's expected of them now. But then also, maybe they are just sitting in their pants on Twitter in, in their house. Like, yeah. Looking and, at their mentions and being like, everybody hates me. Yeah. And well, like, that's part of it, true, mm-hmm. too. The, the, the stressful thing about call-out culture, if you like, whatever we want to call it, and which I'm like in favour of in lots of ways. The thing that stresses me out about it, though, is that we can't know people's mental health and it's mm. really complicated. Mm. There can be someone can be super, super privileged and still be suicidal and yeah. like yeah. to get a barrage of abuse at the wrong moment. Yeah, I think it's a big I, thing. Yeah, I think like I, I don't think I, I totally like think it's a thing that if people, especially uh, people from a certain group that's constantly getting shot on, like I understand you like build up a lot of anger and you get really like upset and so I'm not at all like I understand why people will like go after someone really hard sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah and some people like kind of are asking for it by being so like refusing so hard to like hear the criticism but I also think on like a totally like so that's okay and I'm not like saying that can't be a thing Mm. that's legit but I also like try to think of it in practical terms like 
in terms of like kind of call out culture or whatever I want to try and approach it in a really practical way like think about what is the outcome you actually want mm. and then think about how people naturally respond emotionally to things that happen to them and this isn't for people that are just like willfully being dickheads about stuff over right. and over mm. but for people where like they are wrong about something or they've done something shitty but maybe there could be a time in the future where they don't think that anymore and like I try to think about it like there's certain ways you can talk to someone or behave towards them that is just going to make them defensive it's just Mm. whether or not that is like justified whether or not it's like feels like an injustice that they get defensive it's just true that there's ways of talking to people that make them defensive and so if you're being really practical about what you want then there are times where it's good to try and think about how can I approach this in a way that is more likely to get to the end result because if you never do that even in the times where doing it could actually be more effective then it feels like you care more about just getting the anger out or whatever like or seeming like an ally or yeah. whatever it is that you're doing yeah. so I think There's like a lot of that yeah, yeah. I don't think I've got you can no ever problem do... with people being angry I don't yeah. really think that anger should be policed particularly not from people with less power than other people like that's Mm. power like the thing that disappoints me about a lot of call out discussion like john ronson who i love in Mm. lots of ways i was very disappointed with his general take on call out culture because he didn't look at power dynamics like he 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 he, yes sure uh it's bad you know the experience of being called out is bad but let's look at the power dynamics who is actually going to be hurt the most by that experience you know it should be much more marginalized people that he was talking to that's actually a really good um i I haven't i've struggled to put that in words when i read the uh so you've been publicly shamed right um because i is that the right yeah that's right yeah um i was like am i thinking of the right person yeah because i i got more from it than i thought i would but there was something i was like i wish there was something else there but i I'm struggling to put in words exactly what it is, but I think that that is what it is. Like I, to- he totally like helped me see, like yeah, actually like this can be really harmful permanently, not just like oh you got shot on on Twitter for five minutes, get over it. Like it does have like lasting effects. But yeah, I, I also wish that he you know spoken to people who feel the lasting effects from people saying shitty things yeah, like exactly. on Twitter. And, and I think it's exactly. like you can get what you can get and what I think. I haven't read that book, but I kind of like. No, I've heard a lot yeah. of stories from it. I've read some um, bits of it and yeah. read a lot about it yeah. from other perspectives, mm. uh, uh, criticisms of it. I've read a lot of his books, but I haven't read that specific one. Full disclosure. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. I can lend yeah. it to you. <laughs> so I feel like it sounds like a point that he's making that is a really good point. I think is that people can end up being disproportionately punished for things they did that were shitty, like mm-hmm. legit definitely shitty not okay mm-hmm. yeah. ultimate outcome was disproportionate oh I've lost my train of thought about what I was going to say now no it's okay yeah forgive you it may very well come back yeah That's if how it comes back often I'll in conversation. just interrupt everyone don't yeah do it <laughs> I mean in fact, in fact I'm not even sure if, if I didn't lose like I was before I got distracted by John Ronson I think I was going to say something slightly different like <laughs> yeah. something else about about call out like experienced uh, uh, I can't remember either I was like go back <laughs> yeah. but like I think yeah power dynamics get ignored and I think that's true but I also think yeah like there has to be some tactical understanding of mm-hmm. if we want to get yeah. things done oh that's what I was saying I got no problem with people being angry but I do have a problem with people trying to show that they're really yeah. good allies yeah. Yeah. so I feel like if you are 
privileged as I am. I tick mm. nearly all the boxes. Like the only one is like mental health or if you want like hard childhood being bullied, whatever, but that doesn't quite count. Mm. Um, but like I tick all the boxes of privilege, but I feel like then it's my job to call in the yeah. people with privilege, not mm. to go, ah, you're wrong. <laughs> like, and yeah. like, and like be someone shouting at them. Mm-hmm. It, like it's my job to try and I have to be patient with them because people who are angry shouldn't have to be patient with them. Mm. Yeah. Like so, when I see people who th- consider themselves ally, and I would never use the word ally about myself, yeah. but if, if 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 people do consider themselves ally allies, then get 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 yeah. like talking like to, the, the one to the people. Like you're the one that should be doing the like, yeah. hard work of like yeah. actually like the thing that does take more energy, which is being really patient with people. Absolutely. And I don't think like people should have to do that with people that are just like being a dickhead and aren't interested in hearing another point of view. Mm. But I do think where there is room for like conversations to happen, people should try to have them within mm. the boundaries of like the fact that on a given day you can't always summon that kind of like emotional energy but like I right. think you know like it shouldn't be the case that because there's a principle here like it's a principle that like you shouldn't be able to say that for these reasons therefore that equals I'm allowed to be really angry with you it's like mm. well yeah if you want to just operate in that way I suppose but you definitely aren't gonna get to the outcome that you say you want yeah and, it, and it's nuanced, isn't it? Like, depending on who yeah. who it is. Like, for instance, um, where I work, when I... Is it okay? Oh. Yeah, it's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Do you need to charge it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't see it because it was in shade. That was that was three podcasters worrying about a microphone, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, is it fine? Is it okay? We're going to go have a little cry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've all lost work. We understand what it's like. Like, um, no one wants to talk for 45 minutes and then have to do it all again. No. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, where I work, like, it's, I had, so I had two, I, I, I didn't transit, like, I didn't transition at work, whatever that means. Uh, when I went into my went into the job, like I um, so oh I so I I identify as genderqueer, but I present gender wise as male to the public, and so at work I just you know wanted them to see me as male. And uh, when I started work, I was sort of more androgynous, and so sometimes people got it wrong. And I had similar reactions from two colleagues where they were getting my pronouns wrong wrong all the time and saying things that just annoyed me but I knew that I had to deal with them both differently because one of them was coming from the perspective of oh I know this thing about you and it gives me power to on purpose mess this up because I'm showing to other people like oh I know this thing about that person it's kind of holding that power over you whereas the other person was coming from the point of like you know, to them, they were being really lovely to me and they were, you know, being a great ally. Um, but And so it was okay for them to mess up a little bit more because they didn't have to try as hard. And it was both, you know, it was equally, like, it was equally hurtful to me, but I dealt with them, I dealt with them differently because, well, because they were coming from different points of view. And right. I think, like, there is this kind of uh, expectation or... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, you kind of are expect, Yeah, well, maybe expect... You're expected to deal with everyone who says, like, really bad things, like, in like in the same way, and that's 
not like like Ollie was saying, you have to decide what the outcome you want was. And so I could have been really angry with both with both of them and like reported them for harassment at work. Right. And you know, because my work has really good policies around equality and diversity. And so I could have gotten them both in trouble, but only one of them was actually being a dickhead, right. kind of thing. And th- my main outcome was to get them to stop, not to show that I like well, I have power too. I can report you. You know, like it's not this like like hard like kind of Olympics maybe yeah. is what I'm thinking of. One like, thing that makes me think of that I think about all the time um, is how I don't know like I feel like we don't acknowledge enough or like whatever that things can be two things that are very conflicting can just be true at the yes, same time yeah, and I yes. think we can often like struggle to deal with that so like for example it is simultaneously true that in that situation you've got every right to be really angry Mm -hmm. and you've got every right to like have a go at them and get them in trouble at work because (laughs) they are being dickheads Mm -hmm. and literally at the same time it's true that you're not necessarily going to get the outcome that is best for you yeah by doing that even if it's harder to like not do the angry thing or whatever and i think that fact of like things that are in conflict like that being true at the same time Mm -hmm. is really hard to deal with and I want to like be able to talk more about how those things how that is like a problem yes and also about how like I've thought loads about how people all of us are like really driven by like our emotions like I've thought loads lately it's been really on my mind about how like I don't know, if you got into a certain, like, a conversation that was difficult in this kind of way, like, on one day you might be able to deal with it in a certain way and on another day, because of how you are emotionally that day, you'd handle it totally differently. And how in, like, almost every interaction that we have, say on the internet, if you get in an argument with someone, both you and that person are reacting the way you're reacting because of your particular emotional state that day. And, Mm -hmm. like, actually, like, so much of the decisions about how we deal with things as they come is about where we're at emotionally and that's also a really hard thing I think to like acknowledge and like know what to do about Hmm. and you don't want to say like oh maybe I reacted this way in a good way or a bad way or whatever maybe not with like a value judgment like that but you don't want to say oh it's because of how I felt right because you want it to be because of like the true principles of like what's right and wrong but it could be like true. It could be that could be simultaneously yeah, we, we true. We kind of like, make up a, like ideas yeah. often just to justify our emotions half yeah. the time. I mean, Although, that's or the it's thing. true at the same time. It's like there is a yeah. principle. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a right and a wrong, but it still doesn't mean the way you reacted was because you knew you were right. Right. Like part of it is like because mm-hmm. on that day you either did or didn't have the energy to react in whatever way your ideal self would have. Right. If, and there isn't even an ideal version of what how to react. Right. <laughs> Like, I feel like I think about these, like, things all the time and, like, what does it mean and how can we, like, find ways to deal with those kind of conflicting truths and... I mean, I wonder those those kind of things, too. I, I uh, you, you uh, sent me a piece of your, of your audio work recently, Ali, and, uh, like, it was kind of obsessing about a, a condom and I was... CJ <laughs> hasn't heard that yet. Oh, right. Spoiler, sorry. <laughs> I'll play that to you. Okay. I'll send it to it's you. great, but I... But I, I was like, yeah, I overthink things too. Like, like at the end, I think you had a thing of like, am I overthinking this? I was like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm that. That's me. So I, I, I also overthink, or, or not. I don't think overthink's the right word, but 
think a lot about important yeah. things <laughs> that people think things. is overthinking. And what, you, but what you're saying there as well is speaks to this idea of intent isn't magic, which I agree with. It's the effect that matters. Mm. But I think that, that too many people have got hold of that intent isn't magic idea and I have not like gone but it is still it's not it's not the most important thing mm. but it is still a thing yeah and if yeah, you yeah, find yeah. out the intent yeah. like that's how you solve if you want to be a doctor you find out what the cause of the right. problem is and then totally. you 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 heal that thing yeah. and so if you don't care about what the intent is you can't heal the problem right and that exactly. sounds like very much like mm. your approach you know, yeah CJ. yeah it doesn't you know someone's intentions when they do something bad doesn't excuse them from the bad thing they did but it can affect how you approach them about it and how you deal with the issue of the fact that whatever they said was harmful or wrong you know like you can you can say you're a terrible person forever now and I'm just never going to speak to you again and also no one else should or you can say I'm going to take some energy from my time maybe next Monday because I don't have the time to deal with you right now (laughs) but like next week let's sit down and talk about this because I know you're a good person and I think you can do more good in the future than the harm that you've done now Um, right yeah yeah and I think that's that's true so right so you are both trans right yes and at the beginning of your podcast or at least the the one the episode I listened to you do a a pronoun check yeah which I, I like and also I like the fact that I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't say that this is always the case, but I like the fact that your podcast, you're both trans, but it's not a podcast about being trans, really, or, or queer or anything. Yeah. It's kind of about Harry Potter, and I think that's, <laughs> I, I think, and I think that's super important, actually. Mm. Like that, that's the kind of representation, you know, the mainstream should be aiming for, like programs with trans people that aren't about them being trans. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Um, it just comes up as it sometimes comes up. But only because it's our lives. Yeah, yeah. So, it comes yeah. up like a cis person's life comes up. Yeah, but yeah. that's yeah. not the same. That's not the same as it being about that. Yeah. Well, so I like that. But a question I had when you did the pronoun check was: Does the title of your podcast, which clearly is supposed to refer to <laughs> CJ, does it slightly like mis- misgender CJ? It's just... Yeah, that's something we've we talked about yeah. with the title because I um. Yeah, I don't usually refer to myself as a boy with a Y. So I actually, I quite identify with the word boy with an I, which, like, right. so B-O-I, which uh, has different meanings depending on the group that you talk to about. I feel like it's been a term in the sort of black lesbian community for a while, but also in the um, sort of uh, trans masculine community. And I don't, I don't have a perfect definition of what it means. And so Ali <laughs> asked me, like, would like would you like it if we used if we used boy with an eye and i thought about it but so it's 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 kind of like how i like what i was saying about how i present at work where i know that people don't know everything about gender yet and so when i walk through the world people are going to decide whether i'm male or female and maybe not think about the fact that i'm neither but I've decided that it's I'm okay with them seeing me as male, even though that's not who I am. And then maybe when they get to know me, then they'll know that I'm not. And so in terms of the title of the podcast, um, I figured, well, the, the podcast is about Harry Potter, right? And that <laughs> that is a Harry Potter reference. And so, like, maybe people won't know that about me going in, but then when they get to know me through the podcast, and they'll yeah. know who I am, and then it won't matter that much. Yeah. I don't know. I remember we talked about it, like, when I had the idea of that as a name, I asked CJ would you feel misgendered by this? Yeah. So we did have that conversation. But I feel like people think, because I did a, a little short, like someone asked me to go on a radio thing, um, call into this thing in Bristol, 
once and they asked me the exact same question really? so I feel like I didn't know that. everybody apparently wow. like worries <laughs> about whether you've I, misgendered by the you, title I feel that feels really like that makes me feel really um, valid not valid it feels nice yeah. I feel like oh thanks guys yeah. for caring about me <laughs> I didn't know that that was a, a, a thing that other people noticed yeah. which is yeah. it's, it's nice I don't mind I don't I don't actually mind but but thank you for well cis people are, cis, cis people are going to notice that kind of thing though because they're like they're like obsessively trying to get it right because they're like oh, no. I mean, not, not, am not, I confusing not, people now? Not all, not, I mean certainly not all cis people are trying to get it right but the ones who care yeah. are super trying to get yeah, it right and yeah. so it, like it, it, I think it's like people are like okay so Right, so they're, they're they, and then hang on, that's a that's, 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 so yeah, yeah. I'm sure lots of well, cis people will notice it and go, "Oh, that's a that's an that's an original idea I've had I, there." Maybe nobody else has spotted this. <laughs> I like that they notice it, though. Yeah, no, sure. I think it's like as well. Um, sure. I can't I can't like speak for CJ on this, but I think another thing as well, especially if you're like non-binary trans, is like you're just trying to like get through the world describing your experiences where you need to with like the sort of language available and like mm. I think probably a lot of non-binary people do use a mixture of words that people would recognize as like that is seems non-binary because it is a gender neutral pronoun mm-hmm. or like words where people think of it as like of the gender binary but a lot of the time you're just like using whatever words feel closest or whatever and yeah yeah experimenting I mean, yeah like all, all so. words are Inadequate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, like, exactly. for instance, like, so my my nephew who is in the next room, like I I um I call myself his uncle. I am not male, and I don't really see myself as an uncle. But I can't think of a gender neutral term for that that I actually like. And so ankle's the one I've heard lots of. I've heard that too. But yeah. so here's my issue with words. Like, I I don't have an issue with people, <laughs> like people who use them. Like I'm like great. Sure, I'm all absolutely. for it. But um, so for this, less so with my nephew, but so I would like to become a parent at some point in the future, hopefully in the near future. Um, And I've been thinking a lot about um, gender neutral parent, like names for parent and, you know, parent is one, but I can't have my kid call me parent. I mean, I can, but I don't know. Um, I can. But uh, I think one of the things I've been thinking about is with that is, again, like, what's the outcome I'm looking for? Like, for me, it's important for people to know what my relationship to my nephew is. And like, I know what words like ankle mean and like ankles are funny <laughs> like I don't really like it for like for myself but like I, f- I feel more uncomfortable with people not understanding what my relationship to the kid is than I am than I am with using this gendered term that I just think of in a non-gendered way I mean that's fair yeah I know, that's mm-hmm. fair oh, although like what an uncle is I mean I'm an uncle um, but one of my nieces is older than me, so she always used to call me her buncle. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Ba- baby uncle. It's cute when oh you're my a gosh, kid. That's it adorable. stops being cute when you're a teenager. <laughs> buncle. Uh, yeah, it definitely stops being uh, cute. So that's why I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Like the the uncle is is not even a fixed thing. Yeah. Like, so yeah. the other my other nieces and nephews are much younger than me. Right. You know, so I I have a different relationship. My my oldest niece is eighteen, and my youngest niece is. 12 so yeah. I have different kinds of relationships right. with those two mm-hmm. individuals who are you know different yeah. and they've lived in different like my oldest niece lived in Germany so I never saw her mm-hmm. growing up and my youngest niece lives in Bristol I see her yeah. all the time so it, 
like uncle isn't a fixed actually that's an interesting uh, thing idea. for me to think about I didn't think about it in that way like words like uncle and aunt like not only do they kind of signify uh, sort of gender well you know they are seen as signifying gender but also stuff like age like you would expect someone who is an uncle yeah. to be yeah. older than the person they're an uncle to but then that isn't always the case well my older sisters are both like much older than me mm-hmm. so like we're talking like you know over 50 both of them I'm not going to age them they won't, they won't <laughs> like that but, but um but they feel like aunts to me more than sisters yeah they were you know yeah they were much older than me they were always like in the adult class mm-hmm. and like you know like like you expect yeah like sisters to be around about your age I yeah. guess I mean, that's certainly not the experience for everybody, though. Loads yeah. of people have similar... I mean, I, I often think, oh, whoa, I'm so weird. I've got, like, loads of brothers and sisters and they're different ages. That's quite common in different cultures from, from the culture I grew up in. Yeah. So, actually, it's not actually that rare. It's not actually that, like... I'm not as original as I think I am. <laughs> you know, nobody is. Yeah. And, and, um, <laughs> and when I, when I uh, was in a relationship with my last, my last girlfriend, um, we had a discussion about what she should call me. And I said... Like, I, I actually, so, I was fine with her calling me her boyfriend, uh, but with the understanding that I was thinking of it in my head as B-O-I friend, <laughs> and, like, I was okay with the fact that everybody else is going to be thinking of it as, it's like, it's okay, we know what the truth is, yeah. like, it's fine. I feel now. like you just walk around, like, if you're trans and, like, non-binary, yeah. like, if people, if you know that people aren't going to necessarily look at you and like understand your gender the way it feels to you, basically every day is just walking around being like, um, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of right, yeah, not really. Like, I'll allow it because <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> I'm kind of, but I'm doing this with the hope that in the future, like, that won't be the case. Like, yeah, like people will understand what it means to be like non-binary and not assume that everybody they pass on the street is going to be male or female yeah so fingers crossed for that right 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 i mean i hope that too yeah i I hope that too and like i i think my understanding of gender is like super changed or we were saying before we started recording like when since i started this podcast it's massively changed and i hope like I think it's liberating for cis people, or like it, whether even ultimately cis will hardly even exist if we really liberate people. Yeah, <laughs> which is not to say that you know uh, that I think we're all the same, all one. Yeah, like no. yeah. let's all hold hands and it's all fine. <laughs> but like I think like I'd like cis people to have to question their gender a lot more. Yeah, and yeah. you know that would be really helpful and useful. Mm, I think that like a lot of the pushback on like considering the possibility of like gender not being a binary is like that a lot of cis people have no idea how deeply attached to Mm. that concept they are and that's why it's so challenging and people like to have this kind of idea that trans people are like obsessed with gender and i don't they don't have like the self-awareness that a lot of cis people are like deeply deeply attached to the gender binary as a really key part of how they understand who they are, but maybe they haven't consciously thought about that because they haven't needed to, because right. they haven't been challenged by being in the world and being like, ah, people don't, like, the people are reading me in a way that doesn't match how I feel. Mm. Or they have, or they have come across, like, that's the, the other thing, it's like, so my experience and the experience of quite a lot of cis people, certainly you hear this a lot from women, understandably, uh, cis women, is 
I hate my gender. I've hated my gender because of what's been done to me because mm. of my gender. Mm. And people can't get out of their head that that's not the same as not having a gender. Like, yeah. ideologically, sometimes I kind of think, you know, I, I present quite firm in some ways. He says, like, uh, putting his fingers through his hair, uh, just for the <laughs> listeners. And, you know, I do a show where I wear a dress. I, I do, you know, I, I wish I felt more confident to, like, wear makeup and to be pretty and all of those things. Um, but I feel like where I might have, like, when reading the definition of genderqueer gone, oh, maybe I can have, a, like, think of myself as that, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, well, I can't as well because I've benefited so much structurally, but also I don't have the kind of level of dysphoria that I understand mm. other people have. I just don't like being a man because what we have called man is not good. Right. But that doesn't mean that I'm, like, mm. not... A, there isn't a way of being a man and not being all of the things that I fear men are you know that like to say I'm not in that club feels like it's to say I don't benefit from that club I haven't benefited from that club and I materially have but maybe you know 50 years time 10 years time I'll feel comfortable to like step into a different area yeah but that needs the whole thing needs to be messed around with a lot more and so I feel like trans experiences when I read about them or when I talk to to my trans friends or whatever (laughs) Like, I feel like one of the things that frustrates me is how much cis people could learn about ourselves, yeah. let well, alone other people. Yeah, because to me, there's, there's, two, there's two things about that where, like, benefiting from privilege isn't something that, well, that people always choose, right? right. And so, That's like, true. and so, uh, for instance, a lot of, a lot of parts of the, like, for an example, a lot of parts of the lesbian community are quite transphobic especially to trans women because they'll say you know oh you can't be a woman because you benefited from male privilege and like okay yes but they they didn't you know that's not it's not even a it is privilege and it isn't in a way because it's not how they see themselves and so like but it's not privilege for them because they have the dysphoria as well so they're always being called man when they're not yes and they're always experiencing like this otherness Mm. whereas I was being called like femme femme kind of words I I was being called gay I was being called uh, a girl a woman like I was getting kind of you know patriarchy has definitely hurt me Mm -hmm. but it hasn't hurt me as much as other people and Mm -hmm. so it's my job to certainly try and rip that down and I feel like Mm -hmm. I feel like almost at this moment in my life, I feel like except like not defining as a man is a lie. Right. But I don't know what in 10 years' time I'll feel like. That's what yeah. I'm really saying. Mm. So then I guess the other thing is, <laughs> is where like people have these very... People put restrictions on, on, on gendered words like man and woman. And it's like there's no one way to be right. you know, a man. And yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. People need to like re- recognise that someone can be a man and and wear makeup and right. someone can be a woman and never wear makeup and someone could be non-binary and either wear makeup or not wear makeup or choose to like whatever they mm. you know it's it's I've, yeah I think like the more deeper you go into like trying to understand gender and stuff it's like <laughs> it just gets so complicated that or, like which is a good thing it's like we have to like deal with how it is this complicated thing that we don't understand as well as we think like almost anything in the world that we've put into a binary is like we've not understood that properly yeah i agree there's barely anything that really works in a binary system i know i spend all my time just like at home with my partner going another fucking binary there's another binary there's another one to binaries for whatever reason Uh. i think because we want to make the world simpler to understand but it's like 
it, I don't know, like, talk, so, I, don't, I just had, like, a whole thought train about, like, people say trans women have had male privilege, but then it's like, but if you're a trans woman, then you're a woman, so can you describe... Yeah, I don't is think it, you can. Is there such a thing? It's like, yeah. there's the point, it's like, wait, yeah. we're just literally saying that, like, because this person, like, had a dick, or has or had a dick at some point in their life, that they have, like, benefited from some kind of... It's like, right. But yeah. male, male we... privilege is real, but it's also intersectional, totally. right? Yeah, exactly. So, so like, exactly. there's different male privileges, and not all men have the same kind of mm-hmm. privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, some people will be like, oh my God, he said not all men. He's the worst. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> um, yeah, but like, that's it. Like, there's different kinds of men. There's different kinds of male experience. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that white men don't get that they have privilege is because some of them have some areas of their life where they're not privileged mm-hmm. and they're not able to see that the rest of their life they are. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so acknowledging those areas where people aren't privileged is kind of important, yeah. I think, in some ways, because it will help them to see that they are privileged. Like, that's yeah. happened to me. Like, I grew up being bullied in the kind of ways I suggested, like, feeling like I was properly oppressed. Like, right. at school, I was. Like, I was right. probably more oppressed than, you know, some people of colour in that school. Mm. But then in wider society, mm. ain't the same. Like, when I went yeah. to university, yeah. not the same. I think like, there is that changes. too much, like, focus on, like, things that are structural things we take our understanding of like structural and systemic oppression and then we just like apply that to every individual person and <laughs> yes, in, yeah, in yes. individual situations like it's that simple yes. and I think that is like and people will do that in a really disingenuous way like um, like people like trans exclusionary mm-hmm. radical feminists will use that in a really disingenuous way to be like oh well you were assigned male at birth therefore like I'll just take the whole concept of, like, systemic male privilege mm-hmm. and just, like, say that you couldn't possibly, like, be a woman or that you're experienced... Like, you couldn't possibly mm-hmm. have, like, any valid points because I, I've just applied this whole systemic idea to, like, you as an individual. And right. actually, like, that just isn't how it works. Yeah. It's not supposed to work like that because... Like it, it just you can't apply it in that way, right. yeah. Because and everything is more complicated. But it's systems yeah. rather than individuals, anyway. That exactly. we need to change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like Kimberly Crenshaw says, like repeatedly, like, like you know, she coined intersectionality, as you both know, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And like she's always saying, it's systematic. It's mm-hmm. a systematic mm-hmm. thing, and yeah. and the way people are applying it now frustrates her I think in some yeah, in some frustrates so, me yeah, it frustrates no, yeah. people in all intersections are frustrated by the use of intersectional at this moment but it, it doesn't have to be that way mm-hmm. it's a tool that helps us understand systems exactly. yes. rather than catalogue our friends like, and decide uh, who's uh, the worst and best exactly it's, it's actually like <laughs> quite a like simple idea that just literally describes a factual reality right. about yes. the world right. Right. and like I think yeah, it's like, if you just take it as that, it's just like a useful concept that mm-hmm. helps you understand the world better. Yeah, and, part, and and because people think of it in such individual terms, like, I think often when you talk about privilege to someone, they get very defensive because they think, like, for instance, if I mentioned mentioned that, hey, maybe you might want to think about, like, you know, like, I see where you're coming from, but you might want to think about the fact that you're coming at that from a point apart from And they get very defensive because they think, oh, you're trying to say that I have everything and you have nothing and there are right. parts of my... And, you know, yeah. I, I mean, so... Especially like because they look at me and they're like, "Oh, you're you're black and you're trans and you're queer and you have mental health issues and and you're an immigrant and there's all these other things that like so I'm not and and so they think that I'm playing this kind of like 
sort of again Olympics where I'm like I'm more oppressed than you yeah. so I'm allowed to discount anything you say because of your privilege and and it's not and so one of the things I try to do when I whenever I talk whenever I mention privilege to people is also acknowledge my own privilege because I, I, I'm a firm believer of most people have some form of yes. privilege and it's very yeah, important yeah, yeah. for not just white men, you know, not just white people, not just cis people, like for everyone to acknowledge and speak openly and a lot about the forms of privilege that they enjoy because it's not something to feel guilty about it's just something to acknowledge and so I will acknowledge that I you know I benefited from having a a good education and whether that meant that my mum had to work for it or you know whether that meant it was given to me like I benefit from um from having a certain level of education that will get me certain places and I benefit from you know even though I'm an immigrant to this country like even living in this country uh, is is a privilege because I have access to a whole bunch of I have access to the NHS I have access to you know things that other people don't have and so like I think it's important for people to realize when they're talking about privilege that it's not just a word that we're throwing at like people who we are we're trying to silence like Mm. it's it's just a a fact about people yeah and it's a useful concept that it's not to discount it at all it's really important like you said it's Mm -hmm. really important that we talk about it and it's a really useful concept that can help us to understand like the different dynamics that are going on in different situations but it's not there for the purposes of like having a a constant checklist it's Mm -hmm. not like you're not supposed to walk into a room and then start like assessing the privilege levels to work out who in that room is allowed (laughs) to write about stuff it doesn't make life which is how it's used on it doesn't make life simple that's the thing no it's actually like it it, those kind of concepts are useful if they make life more complicated if we see how complicated life is not if we go there are let's reduce everything to this kind of it definitely feels like top trumps it feels like a kind of there's a yeah like i you know it feels like people have got like stats yeah next to like like social justice stats but at the same time I don't say that in a way that is intended to discredit Mm -hmm. social justice Mm -hmm. or thinking about privilege. It's a really, like, tough line. I feel like we're all walking here. Like, we're all trying to say, like, yeah, there's a lot of validity in this, but it can be taken too far in this direction, but at the same time, not in every case. Like, it's it's much... It's just complicated. I I totally agree. I I really want to just, like, go in hard... We talk about this a lot. ...accepting, like, (laughs) the complexities. Like what I said before about how things can be true at the same time that right. seem to mm-hmm. completely conflict and like the fact that being aware of like privilege and the, all those dynamics like actually what that does if you just let it be what it is is make everything really complicated and we have to find a way to like exist with that complexity yeah. mm-hmm. because that's the actual like true thing yeah the, like, <laughs> right. yeah the kind of like top right. trumps of like who's like most privileged and therefore what does that mean like that's not like what it's for it's there to make us realize things aren't as simple as yeah. we think yeah, they yeah, are absolutely. yeah and we have to like just like learn to exist with that and that's the challenge I and mean, it's not to say that there aren't really practical things that you can use that understanding for like you can if you're organizing something yeah, you can yeah. like try really hard to work out who in this group might be the least likely to have a voice normally, how mm-hmm. can we make sure that they do like yeah, have yeah, right. a voice? Like, yes, it's that... not that there aren't practical things you can do with that yeah, and should absolutely. do with it, but also like let's just like try to live with the complexity because yeah, that's the yeah. sort of truth of it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly it. Like I would say if if someone's sort of making you feel guilty about a privilege that you have then either 
you're hearing them wrong or they're talking about it wrong because you can't like you cannot feel like feel well you can but feeling guilty about a privilege you have is the most useless thing you can do with that privilege <laughs> like it's, it, it helps yeah. nobody well it helps like, it's, it's the opposite like it, it actively makes, makes things work yes <laughs> yeah. exactly like Which the, the only thing it's easy to get rid of guilt it ain't like I'm, I'm not seeing a therapist for no reason like, yeah. like you, guilt's really hard to get oh, rid yeah. of oh yeah yeah but it's not useful yeah it's just it's more about how you how you let that inform yeah. like the, the the ways you approach things and the things that you do so you know I, I know that um, well I know like for instance I know that I've been in sort of I guess what you would call like social justice circles for at least a few years and so I will find myself sort of trying to explain concepts to people and then realising wait a lot of the words that I'm saying yeah. make no sense to them. I'm speaking and so, like an alien to Right, them. right. I'm and using these words that I'm like, everyone knows these words, but nobody knows these words. Right, really. right. And it would, it would be <laughs> completely useless if I went on and spoke like that anyway and then went home and felt guilty about it. Like, instead, what I need to do is dial back and think, okay, how can I put this in, you know, how can I put this in a way that's right. more accessible to more people? And, you know, just, just, yeah. Guilt doesn't help anybody. So what we're saying really is that I should stop resenting Harry Potter for being privileged. <laughs> it's a lot more of a nuanced situation. You literally like listed all the reasons why you really shouldn't be that unhappy. Well, fair <laughs> enough. Embrace I'm, the chaos, Dave. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've got to such, such an important uh, conclusion. And, so, and, and I mean, actually, I mean, I'm, I've been really, I've really enjoyed this conversation, but it's, it's been like more like deep and like kind of. Power, like powerful and beautiful than I expected, which is great. Do you think we were just yeah, going to talk that. about Harry Potter? Yeah, well, <laughs> I suspected it could happen. Like, I, I was like, I didn't come in with much else yeah. apart from Harry Potter. That <laughs> See, was all I had. Here's the saying, I don't actually know that much about Harry no, Potter. No, I know. Is, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I couldn't have done it anyway. No, well, I mean, I don't, you know, I've only ever heard uh, Stephen Fry read the first book and, <laughs> and I've seen all the films uh, that's it. So, and, and you know, Stephen Fry, another problematic fave. Although he's not even my fave. Um, <laughs> he was my fave, and I'm just like, uh, I, I, I have some fave in my heart for him. He's annoying me more than I love him right now. But they're definitely, I definitely had love for him. Oh sure, past, for so. sure. So right, I'm just gonna check this. And yeah, I am going to save it. You don't have to save it halfway through with this, but when I've got when it goes down to one bar of battery uh, and we've had a really great conversation, yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm saving that. <laughs> rechargeable batteries are hard to trust, yes. um, right. even though they're better for the environment. So I'm like, I, I find like I'm trying to do my bit for the environment, but it's just making me neurotic. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, the last question that I ask everybody is, do you have anything to plug? I feel like we've already plugged well, our podcast. Yeah. We should talk about your band. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, well, we've got our podcast, The Boy Who Hasn't Lived. Obviously. Listen to us. It's great. Yeah. We're funny. We're hilarious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, like, it's a really fun podcast. Like, it a is really, a fun, Like, enjoyable chilled. to listen to. Like, yeah. and, 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 you know, I like that. And I, I like, like, it's a little bit like Song by Song. It's a very different podcast, but, like, just obsessively like going through all the books yeah like, or going through <laughs> yeah. all the songs and talking about them that's like that's why humans should it's <laughs> yeah. not why we should that's how we should exist right yeah. it's not why we exist but it's kind of the point like if, if we're not doing that <laughs> right so I love your show I recommend thank you. it oh thank you yeah anyway. well I'll plug my band as well Do I it. might as well take the opportunity I've got a, I play drums in a band called Sparrow and we have got our third album coming out in October um 
we we've had quite a long break. We did a we were together for a few years, and I think it's been oh four or five years actually, maybe since we stopped playing together and then we got together and did a new album and it's coming out in October so if you want to check it out their website is it's sparrow without the vowels uk <laughs> so s-p-r-r-w.co.uk um you can listen to our old music there and find out about we're gonna do a couple of gigs in October and stuff so yeah, I loved it on Facebook when you were sharing about it. You were like, "How do we? How does this work?" Okay? <laughs> I literally don't know. Do I how... want you to download it? Do I want you to? Get... Like, what do I want? Yeah, all I knew was that the single was coming out on the eleventh of August, and then when I went to like share it on Facebook, like, "Oh, the single's out!" I was like, "I actually have no idea what this means anymore." Like, <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know if we're yeah. asking people to right. buy it. Right. I don't know like what we're like asking people to do, what it means to have a single come out, but it came out. Some people seem to like it, so that's good. Um, yeah, so I don't really know how music works anymore, having no. not released any for a few years. Well, and, I, like, it's changed a lot in that amount of time. I feel like it's been a long time since I've released anything musically, but when I did, I, I still didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, <there. laughs> it's, it's been in flux for a long time. <laughs> that's fair and enough, yeah. Everyone seems to just be making it up when they tell you what to do. Yeah. Like, Upload it here, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, actually, if you listen to the podcast and then you like the music, that music it's from Molly's is band. from the oh, band. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. Wow. Both then the then songs... I can recommend the band too. So I did, I <laughs> yeah, both the songs that are featured as like, we just use it as like incidental music on the podcast. Both those songs are going to be on the new album. So if you're like, hmm, I like this bit of guitar, I'd like to hear three minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> then check out the band. Yeah. I don't have anything personal to plug because I'm not as cool as Ollie. So I don't know. Be my friend. <laughs> well, I, I, I sometimes, uh, I don't know, pay me to talk at you about gender and race. Pay, pay you to talk yeah that, that, I love so talking to people that. that's, yeah. that's a good thing to be paid for yeah like, I can talk to groups of people about things and I do frequently great well <laughs> I won't always say it in uh, such good words as I just said you do you always say it in good words my English is well <laughs> exactly <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> wicked well it's been a real pleasure such, I mean yeah I mean like you know, when I came over here as well, like I was pr- provided food and tea. <laughs> uh, it's been like a delightful evening on and off, Mike. Um, the last thing I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye. Bye, friends. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. And you can hear my solo show. What about the men mansplaining masculinity? As a podcast, it's available on the Stand Up Tragedy podcast feed. It's the last podcast that went out on that feed. You can also read more about the show over on its website, mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. I've been thinking a lot about my dad and based on that thinking I've been putting together some kind of personal essays I guess. I'm putting one of them out on Medium every Thursday for the next couple of months. They're called Down to a Sunless Sea Memories of My Dad. I'll put a link in the show notes and if you follow me on Twitter Goosefat101 you'll be able to see there when the next one comes out. As well as making Getting Better Acquainted, I also co-produce and, I guess, star in the magical realist audio drama podcast, 
the family tree. In order to keep making it and to make season two as good as we want it to be, we need your help. So if you can afford to, then please do consider signing up to our Patreon appeal. You can follow Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can like Getting Better Acquainted on Facebook. And you can find Getting Better Acquainted on iTunes, SoundCloud, those kind of places. But remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.